What is going on? Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. Callender with a K. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I was re- it was uh, I got a request when I give the phone numbers to say them more slowly. So 704. No, I'm kidding. I'll speed up a little bit. 704-570-1110. And 1-800-WBT-1110 are the phone numbers. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. And remember, get the podcast at wbt.com or thepetecalendarshow.com. And you can use any platform you want. And the show comes directly to your smartphone or tablet. So breaking news. Michael Sussman, not guilty. The lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign acquitted of lying to the FBI during early days of the Trump-Russia probe. And so I think now we riot, right? Isn't that how this goes? We don't get a, we don't get a jury verdict we like. We burn down stuff. That's what? No? Oh, it's different when Democrats do it? Is that the deal? Oh, all right. Oh, well. I do notice that the AP identified him as the Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer, unlike, say, the New York Times that called him a cybersecurity lawyer. So despite all of the evidence, all of the obvious evidence, like he billed the campaign for the work, despite all of the evidence indicating he was working in the interest of the campaign when he went to the FBI and then lied to them and said, I'm not working for the campaign here. He's acquitted for not working for the campaign while he billed them and worked for the campaign. Because in America, being a Clinton means never having to be convicted. Man, I tell you, I'm, I'm about this close to just switching party affiliation from unaffiliated to Democrat. Just so I, too, can go lie to the FBI about things. I mean, I would go and obviously tell them that I'm doing it because I'm a concerned citizen. Unbelievable. I will. Uh, I just it literally just came down as I was getting ready to go on the air. And so I'm just reading the uh, the AP tweet to to to. Um. All right. Well, here's a write-up. I will get to it. So I'll I'll, I'll circle back to this uh, after I kind of read up on. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What is there? There's no explanation needed here. As I recall, there were a couple of Hillary donors on the jury, if I remember correctly. So uh, I w- there really isn't any kind of analysis to be done. I've spent all of the last two weeks giving you updates, right? Running through the evidence and talking about the the obvious nature of said evidence, and it doesn't matter. I'm reminded of a story, a, uh, a now-deceased former friend of, uh, of mine uh, who was a lawyer, and uh, he would talk about <laughs> the over in the old Mecklenburg courthouse, well, not the old Mecklenburg courthouse, but the 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 Newer, older Mecklenburg. So not the new one, but not the old one. That one in the middle, sort of the the middle child courthouse. And in that courtyard between the buildings, there is this little, quote, garden, 
It's not really a garden. It's just like it's a couple trees and some benches and stuff, right? But it's a little plaza area in the middle. And there were 12 big rocks, like boulders, that are around this area. And, of course, that symbolizes the trial by jury system, the jurors, right? The, the trial by jury system is the foundation, the rocks upon which our uh, entire judicial system is based. And the running joke among some in the legal field was that the rocks are actual representations of the jurors in many cases. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I do know. I keep saying I don't know because I, I keep trying to search for some other explanation than the obvious, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have to come back. I'll reserve judgment, but not really. I'm like 99% sure at this point. But who knows? Maybe there's some. No, there isn't. Okay. Um, so let me, let me start here, which um, was where I was going to start, which is over the weekend, uh, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson went to the NRA convention, and outrage ensues. For obvious reasons, he's a Republican, he's a board member of the NRA, he's going to run for governor more than likely of North Carolina in a couple of years, and guns, NRA, and it's in Texas where the school shooting was. Just days before, I just want to point out here that it is not relevant to the outrage factory that uh, the NRA convention was held in the same state. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it was a good hook for them to use in their reporting just four hours away kind of a thing. But you could make that argument, right? If there was a shooting in Charlotte and four hours away. That would put you somewhere. You could be in you know, Georgia or something. You could say the same thing. Just four hours down the road, the proximity is not relevant to the purpose, right? The purpose is to shame and to pressure and to intimidate people into abandoning their fight, into abandoning their side of the argument, to, to walking off the field. And Mark Robinson refuses to do this, especially on the Second Amendment issues, because in case folks are not aware, Mark Robinson owes his political career to the Second Amendment argument because he went to a city council meeting, Greensboro, I believe, a couple of years back. He goes to a city council meeting where they were debating gun control in the wake of gun violence of I forget which particular uh, shooting it was, but the Greensboro, I think, city council started taking up some gun control measures. And he showed up and he gave an impromptu off-the-cuff speech that went viral. And the NRA took the video and they republished it and all this. And um, that's how he ended up parlaying his viral video, his you know, 15 minutes of fame. He parlayed that into a run for lieutenant governor. And he beat, like, I don't know, 14,000 different candidates in the Republican primary. And then he beat the Democrat. So, statewide. So, I'm not sure why people are so surprised to hear that Mark Robinson 
has some views about the Second Amendment and is not going to be bullied or intimidated into not going to the convention to defend the Second Amendment. We'll take a listen to his speech, but then also the governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, he put out a statement. Remember, Roy Cooper is in charge of the Democratic Governors Association, and a lot of people in the, uh, in the Democratic Party think that uh, Roy is going to show them the way to victory. So a lot of pressure on old Roy as well. We'll get into that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Pete Callender Show, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT. 1110, Pete at com is the email. So uh, in the wake of the shooting in Texas last week, Governor Roy Cooper called on state lawmakers and members of Congress to pass new laws. I'm sure they'll be common sense to craft new laws to reduce gun violence. Here is the statement that Cooper put out. Um, this would have been well, about, about four days ago. I'm North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper. Our despair is deep for the Robb Elementary School children and their families. We've seen it too many times. Mass shootings, easy to get military assault weapons, teachers turning themselves into human shields, children murdered. What on earth is more important than protecting our children? What on earth is more important than stopping our schools, houses of worship, and even grocery stores from turning into slaughter fields? I'm angry, and I know we all are, yet again. As governor, I feel a strong responsibility to do all I can to keep our children safe at school and to prevent these horrible mass shootings. That's why I took executive action in 2019 to strengthen our background checks. We've mandated safety plans and coordinated schools and local law enforcement. I've vetoed dangerous bills that would have allowed guns in schools. But that's not enough. We need stronger laws. Republican leaders in Congress and in our state legislature need to stop the excuses and work with us to do more. A strong universal background checks law is now sitting in the United States Senate. Pass it. And the president will sign it. All right. Hang on a second. Um, The shooter in Texas would have passed a background check. You know why? It just turned 18. And any interactions he had with the cops, sealed. Right? Can't pull that stuff. Are you interested in changing some of those laws? Would that be common sense law? It's not recommended. It's not proposed. Also, the Republicans in the legislature, they they actually did pass school security measures last year. Whole raft of them. Yeah, yeah. They a bunch of money and such. They had a, a special uh, blue ribbon commission or committee set up, and they they looked at all these different types of uh, security measures. I said it last week. I continue to say it because it is a clarifying. Uh, argument to force people to make, which is, what is the objective? What is the objective? Is the objective to limit the casualties at school shootings or eliminate school shootings? Is that the objective? Or is the objective 
to pass gun control measures. And I know that the people on the gun grabby side, I know that they are going to say, well, if you pass all these measures, then the school shootings won't happen. And that's not true. It's just not true. None of the measures that they actually propose ever in the wake of mass shootings, none of the measures they propose would have ever stopped it from occurring. He just said we need stronger laws. Murder's already against the law. I know it's cliche. I know it's the easy argument to make, but it is true. Criminals do not care about whether or not the laws are tough. They will go around them. That's what criminals do. It's kind of their jam. So the laws then would apply to all of the people. Uh, Think of it like, uh, here's, well, here you go. Here's an analogy that our friends on the left might be able to understand better. Um, Think of the gun as voting. And any rules you put on the voting, you guys call suppression, right? You say that Republicans, whenever they pass any kind of a measure that is aimed at election integrity, you guys say that they're trying to stop people, right, from voting. And so... All of your proposals, they all seem to try to stop people from having guns. No, 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 we're not trying to take guns. We're only trying to take the rifles, the AR-15s, the, what did he call them here? The military assault weapons, which that is a new one. I got to, I have to acknowledge that is some new branding from Governor Cooper. Yeah, hadn't heard the military assault weapons. I've heard military style, but now he's just saying these are military weapons, even though I think the military uses They can go back and forth, semi-automatic and automatic kind of thing. But whatever, I know, details. They don't have to actually know anything about guns in order to make all of these proposals about guns. By the way, you see what happened up in Canada? It's not passed yet, but they're proposing, what do they call it, a mandatory buyback program. It's what uh, that little uh, blackface uh, wearing uh, Canadian prime minister, child of privilege, Justin Trudeau, is uh, promoting it's a mandatory buyback program for assault-style weapons. Um, I just want to point out, I know I'm nitpicking here, but you cannot buy back something that you didn't sell. You know, that's not a buyback. Also, a mandatory buyback, that's basically confiscation. That's a taking, right? That's what he's talking about. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I will get to more audio clips. Let me get Mike on first. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program. How are you? All right, Pete. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. What's up? Well, you talk about stronger laws. Stronger laws aren't going to change anything. We've got laws that nobody is enforcing, and that's what needs to happen. Children need to be brought up with discipline again in the home and in school they need to say the national uh, sing the national anthem in the morning they need to do the pledge of allegiance we need prayer back in school the teachers need to be able to punish children somehow in the school and they need to be punished at home for doing crazy stuff and especially out here on the street when they do stupid stuff they need to be locked up and and i'm I hate to say it, but some of them need 
the keys thrown away. And if the parent can't straighten them out, then they need to go to juvenile detention and be locked up. Grown-ups, yeah, give them the death sentence. Just in general, like for or for like for what? For what crimes are you talking about? Well, you know, shooting people. Okay? Oh, well, yeah. This weekend alone in Chicago, there was thirty people shot, five people killed. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, nobody's saying anything about that. Well, you know the reason why nobody's saying anything about that, right? I mean, there are a couple. I mean, there are several reasons, right? You've got obviously the the partisan political fight uh, over the shootings, and you have the larger agenda to uh, restrict guns. You also have the fact that the cities are largely run by Democrats, populated by Democrats, and so they don't like highlighting that sort of stuff. It's also, uh, you know, people have become desensitized to that level of violence in these um, in these bigger cities. Um, but also, a mass shooting is sort of like a plane crash. They don't happen very often, you know, but when they do, they get a lot of media coverage for many of the same reasons. And so, uh, there, I mean, that's so, no, you're not going to get a lot of the coverage outside of Chicago of all of the, the deaths. But, I mean, we, we cover here at BT and the local newscasts cover Charlotte shootings. Well, like I said, these people that are doing this, they, they're not going to be punished. The Democrats are putting them right back out on the street to do the same stupid stuff again, just like I believe it was in 1962. It was the no man in the house deal, you know, with uh, uh, people, women that were on welfare and had children. They couldn't have a man in the house. Do you are you aware of that? Uh, 1962 was quite a bit before my time, so I was not paying attention to the politi- or uh, to the policy at that time. I, I mean, are you talking about the Great Society uh, changes that then? Uh, you know, incentivize fatherless homes. We have so many children now that are being raised by a mother or a grandmother or a grandfather mm-hmm. with no man in the house. Mm-hmm. This has become normal mm-hmm. for people just to make a child and walk off and leave it. Mm-hmm. This this should be done too. People that are not paying child support are not supporting their family. They need to be put on a chain gang. I'm old enough that I remember the chain gang. Right. And look, I understand that argument, but it goes, I mean, that cuts the other direction as well, because how is somebody supposed to be actually paying child support if they're, you know, imprisoned, debtor's prison? Well, the thing of it is, it'll make you want to go to work if you spend some time on the chain game, because work is a whole lot better than shoveling ditches. Yeah, maybe uh, that, and that might be the case. But I mean, honestly, the courts, courts throw the book at a lot of these guys uh, that aren't paying now and it doesn't seem to generate any kind of different uh, reaction in a lot of them but uh, Mike I appreciate the call look I I understand this uh, this desire to you know let's go back to when things were better and maybe I'm a bit of a pessimist on these things or maybe uh, maybe I'm a realist on it I don't believe that the quote good old days were always good I don't. I have never believed that. Uh, thank you, Billy Joel. Um, but they weren't. People who, this is, you know, this was my entry point into this recognition. Journalism. I had heard people talk about, oh, back in the days when reporters were objective. Yeah, no, they were not. They were, they were human beings. Look, you could say they were professional standards and they worked to build credibility, but they're all humans. 
everybody's injecting their particular bent and bias into the work that they do, trying to, you know, do the best job they can. But bias is manifested in the stories that you choose to cover, not just in how you cover them. But for a long time, you ever heard the term yellow journalism? Where did that come from? All right, this was journalism that was meant to inflame and uh, and animate the public towards certain policy and, and societal uh, goals. Deemed to be a worthy goal by the publishers of the paper and such and by the reporters and the editors. And they would take the, I mean, newspapers, some of them, some still exist to this day that are called, what, the Arkansas Democrat. What do you think they were publishing, right? <laughs> Democrat views. Uh, here in North Carolina, the Charlotte Observer, the News and Observer, right? The the newspapers of this state fomented a coup d'etat, a race riot in Wilmington, and then covered for the racists who murdered blacks and Republicans. So I've not been of the mind that the good old days of journalism were somehow, you know, pure and we've We've run off the rails recently on this thing. I've never believed that. And it got me thinking that way about a lot of other things. Like, for example, I remember when we could, you know, you could uh, walk down the middle of the street at four in the morning and not have to worry. I'm not aware of that, maybe because I grew up in New York, but it was Long Island. But you, I grew up in New York and I don't ever remember feeling as if I can walk anywhere I want to at any time of night and, and feel safe. And if you did, kudos to you. I did not, <laughs> and so I, I don't I, I don't buy into that. Or oh, you know, we 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 never had to lock our doors. Now you don't have to lock your doors, but it definitely would be a deterrent if somebody tried to get into your house. Well, but nobody ever tried to get into my house. Kudos to you. Not always the case. People have been getting uh, burglarized and and murdered in their homes for a long time. I recall there was a rash of them in the seventies. So. Like I said, the good old days weren't always so good. How did I get onto this topic? Oh, that's right. The, we're talking about gun laws. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'll get to a couple more phone calls in a minute. Let me first play the last one minute of the governor's... Comments after the Texas school shooting uh, where he advocated more gun control laws. We need stronger laws. He said Republicans in Congress and in the state legislature need to stop the excuses and work with us to do more, to do something. And while they're at it, they should ban assault weapons until they do. State legislators should close North Carolina's permit loophole for these weapons. Pass it, and I'll sign it. I proposed a red flag law that lets judges take guns away from violent criminals and people who are severely mentally ill. Pass it, and I'll sign it. I've had gun advocates tell me that the problem is not assault weapons, but mental health. Well, there's a bill right now in the legislature that will provide billions of dollars for mental health through Medicaid expansion. Pass it, and I'll sign it. We need Republicans in North Carolina and across the country to come to the table and pass these bills. 
Do what we say. Or we need to choose new leaders. We cannot forget this tragedy when it fades from the news. We cannot normalize the mass murder of children. We cannot wait any longer. It has to stop. So the shooter in Texas, apparently, um, yeah, there it is. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been calling him turd face McLoser. Um, he uh, carried out the deadly attack. Uh, allegedly, uh, he committed animal abuse and would display videos of the cruelty to users on a social media platform called Yubo. And in some instances, the alleged animal abuse was committed in public and then posted for online viewing. Also, the Buffalo shooter, who I call Poopstain Cowardson, or no, wait, is Poopstain Cowardson, is he the, he's the Texas one, right? Turdface McLoser is the Buffalo uh, racist. Sorry. Uh, so, right, Poopstain, he also would do this. And people knew about it. So, I'm sorry if I'm not completely on board with the, uh, hey, let's expand Medicaid so we can finally treat mental health. People knew that these monsters were tormenting animals. And that is like a direct line to serial killers. It really is. I watched Dexter. Okay. Tyler, welcome to the program. Hello, Tyler. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? So I wanted to talk about, you know, we said more powerful laws might not be all the solutions, but I disagree. I think we could raise the age limit to 21 would be a really tangible thing. And thinking back to Rep. Bishop's, you know, suggestions on Thursday, it meets all three of his tests. It's small, narrow, and it would solve a problem. So raise the age to purchase all firearms to 21? Uh, I think there's room for debate on it. I think you could say, like, when we get into the weeds, my problem is, there aren't people proposing affirmative solutions. So, perhaps oh, you, we, you well, know, all right, but hang on, but Tyler, you just did. So let's so let's walk through this then. Yeah, so right. I think I think um, I, I'll confess. You know, my knowledge. I'm trying to learn more about it now. So my knowledge, I know assault weapons is way too broad of a category. So let's we'll skip through that. But I think um, we could say, like Florida has already done it. So we could potentially look at what Rick Scott signed as a mm-hmm. Florida governor, Republican governor, mm-hmm. and say let's take that as a starting point and say, does it make sense for North Carolina, or do we tweak the categories of what an 18-year-old can and cannot buy? So, right, okay, so you're you're throwing this out to as a, so the Florida bill you would look as a template, but you are, uh, are you advocating certain tweaks to the Florida law? I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to research it, honestly. This is something, okay. a new issue that I think is just something I'm trying to learn about and to propose to get better about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I need to look more into it. I've looked at the H-21 Act, and so that's a Senate federal law, which would be obviously harder. Um, but it had carve-outs. It basically went through lots of different categorizations about gun stocks, um, types of mounting, and a lot of that's over my head, but I'm still trying to learn about it. And I think people who do understand guns very well could say, this makes sense versus this doesn't. I just think that, you know, we raised the drinking age from 18 to 21 um, and it didn't stop all drinking, but it did help about teenage drinking. And I think we could do the same for guns. So uh, do you find any uh, problem with the inconsistency for the rights of passage argument? Essentially, you can, you know, when you turn 18, you then get to participate in the government, right? You get to vote, um, but you still don't get 
the the constitutionally protected, and this is why it's different than other types of things that are age restricted, is because it is a constitutional uh, right is guaranteed. And so, do you have any kind of uh, thoughts on the inconsistent application of this sort of rites of passage argument that once you turn eighteen, you can get drafted and they'll train you how to fire weapons, right? Um, but and you can vote, but you don't get this right that's in the Constitution. So I think rights of passage, that's a great point. I would say there's two things to that. One is like the laws that I've started looking at, and again, I'm not an expert, have said it's not stopping necessarily your use, it's stopping your legal purchase. So there are, again, it's still an imperfect solution. So it's still protecting your constitutional right to use at 18. The other part is the carve-outs and the exceptions. Most of the ones I've seen carve out for armed services or Mm -hmm. if you need to use it for your job or your livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so I think those also make sense. Like if I am a ranch hand and I need to be able to use a firearm, that that makes sense right. at age 18. So what's the objective? The objective is that, especially when you look at the two recent shootings and you look at the preponderance of school shootings, almost two thirds of them are committed by people who are under the age of 21. Right. But and they, so but this guy, this guy is unique. This last one is pretty unique in that he actually purchased it legally. Most of the time they murder their relatives and take the guns. Yeah, and I think, again, it's imperfect, but right. we've got to think of things that, again, it's the, it's the 21 drinking law does not stop 16-year-olds from partying, but it, you could you could see there's a dramatic decrease. All right, I, Tyler, I got to run. I appreciate the call. Thanks for making it.